Hello, and welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, May 29th, 2006. Hi, this is Michael Lozan, and on behalf of myself and Mark Horseman, welcome again to Manager Tools. This week's show is the first in our series of how to have a highly effective relationship with your administrative assistant. Most managers don't do this well, and got to the point that Mark has recommended many times that the company just take the admins away. The salary budget was that wasted. In this first cast, we're going to talk about the principles of working with an administrative assistant. Now, believe it or not, there's a lot to cover. Part of the reason for this is that the art of this executive responsibility has largely been lost in the last 20 years. To make sure you can adapt over time, we need to root our guidance in the basics. And the basics are what we're going to cover today. So with that, let's get right onto the show. I was um, pretty excited about the fact that we were going to talk about the use of the effective use of administrative assistance yeah. today, or executive assistance, because you know, back I'm, I'm sure you recall back when you were doing some consulting with me way back when. Yes. Um, one of the things that that I asked you to look at was the use of our administrative assistants, and we had I think at the time we had five or six of them in my organization right. for. You know, my mine and then my subordinates had, had right, one. You and, and Kathy and Mark and, yeah, there's a bunch, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, we, and I think I intuitively understood that we were not being terribly effective with our, our use of them. And um, so you, we, we spent some time on yes. that. And it was too bad because, because I really see it as a huge opportunity. I mean, it's just this, it's this lever with a fulcrum in just the right place. And it's just too many places. Um, that don't do it, and I think my recollection, Mike, is that we we didn't finish the work because we got we got overcome by something else that we believed was more valuable. Um, uh, but but um, it, it really is something that when I'm coaching an executive, they're always surprised and say, "Look, I'd like to spend a day next week with your admin," um, and I've got a, a process we walk through, um, and and it's not really. This probably sounds terrible, but it's not really about working with the admin. It's about leveraging the executive's time. Um, and I, I tell you, and I think I hope you'll agree with me on this. I, I feel like high tech firms, except at the very, very top, and I'm talking C-suite executives who are making half a million dollars a year and so on. High tech firms, Mike, are particularly egregious um, in, in, in wasting the value, the potential value of admins, um, you know, new senior managers or directors, kind of like some of the people that were working for you first time. I'm thinking that the people that you and I are thinking about several years ago, that was their first uh, role where they had admins. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. You know, they've got a technical background, so maybe, maybe they've got great people skills, but they haven't really developed them. Or, or they've really gotten to the point where they are based on their technical skills and on their project management skills, which are important skills to have, don't get me wrong. Um, it's their first admin ever. And because of a combination of things, they literally ignore them. Um, I think part of it is fear of not doing it right, as, as if there's a template for doing it right that exists and every manager knows it but them. 
I think that's a big problem in management, actually. Um, and and the second part is they're just afraid of being wrong. And and um, I also think that there's some there, there, there's something to be said for an interest in privacy. Um, that up until now, I thought about my job in my own head, and now I'm going to have to share it with somebody, and they're going to learn what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Uh, and, and I know I've experienced that when I've had admins. Um, so I, I think a lot. I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of managing executives um, they feel like they almost don't want to share too much with their their admin because they're ex- they're exposing their incompetence yeah. to some. Yeah, and I don't. You know, I think they, they probably say to themselves, "I'm a pretty good manager," but they also walk around in their head going, "I, I may be a pretty good manager, but boy, I hope nobody ever finds out how much I don't know." Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, and, uh, and what, what percentage of managers do you think ask that question of themselves? Uh, like 99.99. Yeah. 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 And now look, and there's they, nothing and, wrong with driving yourself to be better. I just think that, and I think we've talked about it in a previous cast or I've blogged on it or something to, to the effect that, look, um, you are not alone. Everybody else is thinking the exact same thoughts. There is no management playbook. It's not taught at MBA schools at Harvard or Stanford or Kellogg or Duke or, um, or Wharton. It's not. What's taught there is something completely different. Um, management is not about your personality. Management is a set of behaviors unless you've been taught the behaviors. And, and the one place that we know you can be taught them is at manager tools. But if you haven't been taught the behaviors, um, it's not as if there's a course you get to go to, and and if your if your firm t- sends you to a, a five day course, you're probably going to get a couple of of good ideas, but it's not going to be jam packed full with what your life is going to be like as a manager. Um, and I think I would love to think, Mike, that in the next five years, we have an impact on a lot of managers letting themselves off the hook for the fact that they don't know a lot. It's true they don't know a lot, and heck, you and I as managers don't know as much as we could. But beating ourselves up about what we don't know is not helpful. Being realistic, okay, I don't know that. How do I learn it? That's great. But seeing the the, the lack of knowledge is a half-empty thing, oh, my gosh, I hope people don't find out. And letting that carry over to handling an admin poorly, that just doesn't make that, – that's just not a smart tactical or strategic move. Yeah. I, I think there are, there are some additional things that make it difficult. We'll, we'll get yeah. into them. You know, yeah. For example, there are some skills that – even at the point of, you know, you hope most executives developed it, but I suspect that there are a lot of executives who still haven't really finely tuned their skill at delegating. Oh. And if you if you can't if you can't delegate, then you have no no business having an admin. That's and, for sure. and we're going to talk in detail about that later. But 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 yeah. um, the the lack of delegation is the core driver of poor admin leverage and and, and executive. Um, executives not being as effective um, within the purview that they have, whatever their role is. Uh, certainly there are some executives who fail because they don't do marketing well or they don't do sales well or whatever it is. They miss their, they, you know, miss their numbers. Um, but I believe that probably one of the top five reasons for failure, other than lack of relationships and political you know, um, um, network building, not networking, but network building, um, is the issue of lack of delegation. Um, for, and, and look, the executive, when we're talking about admins, Mike, the executive accepts whomever the previous executive used. And so they don't develop a close working relationship with them. What that means is they hold on to stuff they probably shouldn't. The executive is, quote, so busy starting in her new role that she never really gets around to thinking about and planning about how to have an effective relationship with her admin. 
or the executive doesn't know what the rules are. And so he limits his use of his admin for fear of overstepping and asking him or her to do personal errands or something like that. And so they keep they keep from getting their admin fully involved. Um, so yeah, you're right. The delegation piece is huge. It's all about leverage. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, I'll make a point here. Sometimes when I'm with clients and I start talking this way, I feel like I'm hitting a chord that may not be positive. I still think I'm right, but I, but I haven't figured out a way to say it differently. But when we talk about leverage, really what we're talking about is the economics that exist within a firm around pay and value creation. Um, in that economics equation, any task that can be done effectively by an admin who, let's say, makes $40,000 a year should be done by the admin rather than by the executive who makes $150,000 a year. And, and again, people don't like to talk about that. We're not putting a value on the person. We're placing a value on the creation of, of, um, of value. We're, we're valuing the creation. We're valuing the work and its impact on the firm's ability to be profitable. Um, but what's interesting is nobody likes to talk about it. But in fact, there's a whole industry. You know, I have friends up at Hewitt in, in Chicago, uh, and there are all kinds of firms that do salary analyses and, and uh, you know, they do banding and they figure out what various jobs are worth based on its ability to impact on value creation, on profitable growth. Um, companies think about this stuff. They just don't like to talk about it. And if they didn't think about it, everybody's pay would be the same. And boy, would we really have problems then. Um, so... Um, literally, Mike, the economics of this situation where you have an executive who has too much to do, and for that manager, let's be honest, a manager who has too much to do, that's what created the role of secretary years ago. The early equivalent of executives dis discovered that if they could have somebody, somebody, somebody who was paid less than they, do, they were, do all of the lesser value-added tasks that they were presently doing, they could concentrate on the highest value-creating tasks that their pay level suggested they should be doing. Yeah. So well, let me. You raised an interesting point on the the kind of the you said the the, the economics of the situation, the role of secretary some time back. I think a couple of the, a couple of points come to my mind. One of them is that I, I think part of the challenge is that we haven't progressed as a profession, our role of administrative assistance beyond where they were a few years ago. And there are some tasks that we do today that executives do, I mean, you know, very rarely, at least in my experience now, do our admins sitting there typing up letters, you know, writing emails, right. Good point. all those kind of stuff. So, so, so managers now have the tools to do a lot of things for themselves that used to take their assistants time, it used to take quite a bit of time, actually. And so there's this this vacuum of, yeah. of time that has been created that the, the assistants sit there with much more time than they used to to do more value-added tasks and we as management profession really haven't figured out how to leverage that we're still a little bit stuck in the old in the old ways except the yeah. work's not there so I think you're right I, I think we, the tools make it easier for us to do but they also make us beholden to our own weakness which is oh I'll just go ahead and do the email well okay yeah you're gonna do this email and, and it'll be a quote from a customer to a customer and maybe it'll get maybe it's a letter but you're going to type it because you type a lot of your emails and uh, maybe your admin will proof it um, rather than you actually asking your admin to prepare the whole thing and then you proofing it but the problem is not that you do it one time the problem is there are 15 more of those to do during the year and if you have to do every single one of them that's a bunch of time but nobody's willing to take the time on the next one to say okay I'm going to take an extra half hour on this one explain to my admin what I want and then in doing that 
she or he is going to be able to do all of them going forward, and I will save way more time than the half hour I spend now. But because we're not clear about our strategy, our strategic um, uh, investments in time, because we're not even clear about what our priorities or objectives are in many cases, um, we're not willing to, to spend a half an hour now because we're always dealing with the urgent, some of which is important and some of it's not. Um, and for an investment of a half an hour or 45 minutes, to get that back 10, 15 times during the year, it's a no-brainer. It's the best ROI I can think of. Um, but you can't prove that you're going to get that that time back, and so executives just do it themselves. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the other thing that kind of occurred to me is I think there's a little bit of a maybe a psychological issue as well in the sense that in, in most for most of the positions in your organizations, you can see value creation occurring as a result of that of, of that position. And it's not relative to you. My, my point is, is that the, the role of the administrative assistant is to make you, make the executive more effective. Right. And that's very different than, let's say, if you're an IT organization, your programmers, your prog- programmers are producing product. They're producing value in and of themselves. Directly, and it, yes. And it, it directly. Singularly. It's not a matter of making you better. Yes. The, the, the administrative assistant is is very different in that regard. In, in some sense, the administrative assistant is an extension of you. And I know a lot of managers and executives who feel very uncomfortable in terms of leveraging another individual to make themselves look better yes. or be more effective. Yeah, you and, I, you and I have talked about that regarding manager tools. We've talked about, you know, spending money. Okay, well, you know, when we, as, as we've hired staff, what, how, how do we do that, right? How, how can we get them to do the stuff that we're doing now? It, and then the question is, do we have the, the willpower and the intelligence to know what to ask them to do? And that's part of what this cast is about. Um, and, and then do we have the willpower to say, okay, the time that I'm saving, I'm going to spend on the right things. That's a tough call. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we, we talked about all the right. reasons why people don't use uh, <laughs> executive assistants well today. So let's kind of in our typical classic fashion get get into the kind of the what should we do about it type yes. stuff. Okay, so in the, in this cast, in this introduction of, of the concept, we're going to talk about what each person's role is in this ideal relationship and, and what the four key areas of responsibility that the admin should have. Okay, and then in our next cast, we're going to delve into detail on each of the four areas. Um, but that would say that would then mean suggest we'd have six sections. Actually, we have seven sections to this cast, and it goes like this: the first is the role of the executive. Then we're going to talk about the role of the admin. They're different, obviously. Then we're going to spend a few minutes talking about the single biggest roadblock, which, as we've alluded to, is lack of delegation. And then we're going to talk about the four key tasks or areas of responsibility that the that the admin has and they are managing the executive or manager by the way I use executive mike but I but I because often in an organization that's the definition of an executive when the organization feels it's justified to spend on an admin but there are plenty of people out there who have admins who don't think of themselves as executives and that's fine they think of themselves as managers so managing the executive schedule it sounds weird to say managing the manager's schedule so I'm using the <laughs> word executive but I mean both um, managing the executive's office, which is something that most admins and executives do very poorly, and it's a huge opportunity. Managing the executive's relationships, which is closely related to the schedule, and we'll talk about that. Um, 
And it you mean goes, I don't have to talk to anybody anymore? Excellent. <laughs> We're talking about managing the uh, the um, operationalization of your relationships, not the relationships themselves. <laughs> That's good. Uh, That's good. Yeah, uh, I still have to talk to people. Darn it. Yeah. Um, and then seven is managing the executive's administrative deliverables. And that's what most people think of as an admin is doing. And yet that is the least leveraged point of the job. The fact that I have an admin who does my expense reports, that's great. And that's something that absolutely an admin should do for an executive. Um, but in terms of leverage, it's it's the lowest form of leverage that you get. Valuable, but the, t- the other three are way better. So l- l- let's spend some time in this cast talking in detail about the role of the executive and the admin. We'll talk about the roadblock, and then we'll just spend just a minute on, on the next four. Um, now, the role of executive. This is so easy, and I hope I've said it a thousand times, Mike. If I haven't, shame on me. The role of the executive never changes. Um, if you believe in Peter Drucker, and we do <laughs> here at Manager Tools, the role of the executive is always simply to be effective. That's the executive's job. Put differently, another way to say it is the executive's job is to do the right things. Now, you're probably thinking here that we're going to use the old saying that managers do things right and leaders do the right things. I think Warren Bennis actually uh, invented that or came up with that quote as a way of making a distinction between management and leadership. <clears throat> I've actually, over the years, come to a, an understanding that leadership is n- not associated with roles at all. Um, leadership actually is kind of a result that we talk about what happened afterwards, like like Colonel Texera for you and I back in Hawaii in the early 80s. Um, but but that's a serviceable axiom, but that's really not what we're talking about. What we're talking about here, as it relates to an admin and an executive, is that you must start by knowing what it is you're supposed to do in order for you to have a great relationship with your admin. I'm going to say that again. That's important. You must start by knowing what it is you're supposed to do in order for you to have a great relationship with your admin. Everything about his role, your admin's role, is predicated on helping you be effective. But if you don't start out by knowing what effectiveness is, and it's not efficiency, then your admin can't truly reach her full potential. And, and I think we talked about a little bit about this, not, not related to admins, Mike, but we talked a little bit about this in our cast on time management. Um, but it's important to note that time or schedule management is not the same thing as being effective. You can only be effective if you know what it is you're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, Managing your schedule tightly and being on time to everything in the service of the wrong stuff is a complete waste of your company's money. Frankly, you're supposed to be smarter than that. Now, look, if, if you're a sales manager, it's easy. Increase sales profitably is got to be where it starts, right? If you're managing a team of call center reps, it surely has something to do with call volume and quality or proxies thereof. If you're making widgets, it's widgets per hour and rejects and cost controls. But there are plenty of jobs where it isn't as clear. And we'll have a cast, or maybe we'll have 10 casts on how to 20. figure out what it is you're supposed to be doing. Um, but the world is so diverse, it's not easy to, to talk about that in five minutes. But Drucker tells us that as executives, and of course this applies to managers too, we don't get to ask, what do I want to do? We must ask ourselves, what is it this role requires from me? What does the organization and this role require of me? What are my deliverables, if you will, to this organization that exists around me? Um, and, and we put this first, the role of the executive, because, you, because everybody who's listening needs to start thinking about this now. Um, 
For now, here's one way to look at your role. Your three primary tasks as a manager and executive are thinking, deciding, and communicating. The more you do those in the service of your key objectives, the better off you are. Okay, there's a couple of podcasts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we could spend quite a bit of time on that. And, and I know it probably sounds a little bit um, vague, and, and I'm sorry we don't go into more detail. We're using that as a way, we're, we're setting the parameters of the admin relationship here. Um, but as I think I alluded to in the time management cast, you know, you start out by asking not what 10 things should I be doing, but what one or two things does this role really require of me that I should be doing better than everything else. Uh, and then based on that, based on limiting your your scope, not trying to do everything, that's where we ask the admin to really make us efficient. Um, can you can you address one thing, though, because I, I know I'm going to hear this on the, on the uh, blog or on the discussion forums, which is, you know, this doesn't apply. I, I'm a working manager. Yeah, I just hate as if that. there are some that I just I tell you, my, that just, don't work. It just fra- you, look. You were an executive. It's like, what do you think I'm doing here? Sitting up with my feet up on my desk? <laughs> um, it goes to the issue of the programmer you were talking about earlier, and the fact that they're an individual contributor. Managers who are working managers, and 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 please, there are the vast majority of companies now expect managers to be working managers. They're almost like team leaders in the sense that they're doing some of the tasks that their team is doing. And, and I make a, I'm an iconoclast in this. I believe that the more time you spend leveraging others, the better off you are, um, even to the point of delegating some of the things that you would be doing that you would call making you a, quote, working manager. Um, but the fact is, this is it's poppycock. It, 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 it's irrelevant. For that part of your time where you spend leading and managing others, that's when your admin can be effective. And I would argue that there's stuff you do in your, quote, working part of your job, which, again, is insulting to all the executives because they're worth a lot of money. Otherwise, companies wouldn't pay them um, what they pay them. Uh, the, the market is efficient when it comes to salary. Um, th- for that that part of your job that's the working manager part, I would argue that there's a lot you can do with the admin in that way as well. Um, but if we have a welder, and I, I've called this many I think I've told you my story about the, the tragedy of the welder, who gets promoted to become welding supervisor. Many welders say, well, I just got promoted for being a good welder. Therefore, I should, you know, they're rewarding me for being a welder. I should do more welding. And then the team falls apart. Um, uh, so if you're a working manager, great. You still have management responsibilities. If you have an admin, you should be leveraging that admin about your primary responsibilities. You should be asking yourself, how should I spend the next hour? And what's the most effective use of that time relative to managing my folks and leading them and inspiring them and knocking down barriers for them? Or me spending an hour writing code? Probably a bad example. Um, yes, I know. People will tell me, yes, I really need to do that. Okay, fine. Make it so that your admin makes it easier for you to do that at a time when it won't take away from the more important thing you do, which is be a manager. If you think that your working part of your job is more important than your manager part of job, get rid of the manager part of the job and see how that affects your pay. I don't know anybody who took a working manager job, Mike, and took a pay cut. Right. So the company apparently thinks what you do as a manager is more important than what you do as a working whatever it is. <laughs> right. So. Uh, oh, okay. So, so if the, if the that, role that the, sounded like uh, a rant, didn't it? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I even used the word poppycock, which which surely makes it a rant. <laughs> that makes you British. Um, is that a British term? I don't know. Anyways, uh, the role of the so the, so the role of the executive is to be effective right so so okay in terms of this relationship what's what is the role of the assistant in this relationship easy it's easy 
the role of the admin is to be efficient. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit confusing, but let me put it this way. If the executive is clear about her role and the admin knows it, then if that admin is efficient, the admin will be effective. An efficient admin is an effective admin, but it doesn't necessarily follow that an efficient executive is not necessarily effective. Okay, and I think that's a subtle but important point. You can absolutely set the ladder up right and make sure it's correct and make it sure it's braced and everything else and then look up and realize it's against the wrong wall. And the admin will help you be a lot more efficient. But if the admin service uh, um, of you makes you a great deal more efficient and you're choosing to do the wrong things, you're failing, but your admin is not. And that's why it's so important that the executive asks first, what is it I'm paid to do? What are my key deliverables? Well, how can I be effective? What am I? What does this role ask me to do? Um, that's it. No, now I understand why there's some, some, some executives get more in the way than others, which is they have a very efficient oh, assistant. Absolutely. So the assistant is helping them be very efficient at being ineffective. Which exactly. <laughs> Mike, that's exactly right. I, and I would argue that perhaps one of the five most important intellectual ahas for managers it, as they become a young manager, a new manager, is going from the efficiency mindset to the effectiveness mindset. Managers are about choosing what to do. Employees, and I don't mean to make that distinction too too sharp, but those people who are not in management, I'll call them employees for now, for lack of a better phrase, employees are about efficiency. Um, admittedly, there are plenty of people who are knowledge workers, and I, again, it, it gets kind of vague, but but generally, you're, you're told what to do, or, or the decisions you make are fairly circumscribed to the point where, you know, the, the choices you can make are not, you know, the choice between zero and infinity, it's a choice between nine and ten. Because of right. that, efficiency is really a huge watchword for the individual contributor. Effectiveness is is the purview of the manager. Um, and if you've spent 10 years learning how to be efficient, and then they promote you just like the welder, what do you do? You attempt to be more efficient. And look, you and I are both big fans of David Allen and getting things done. There's a part of that, though, that's about efficiency. The majority of it is about efficiency. David Allen, of course, when you listen to him, he talks about, you you, you know, you better be doing the right things. Um, and, and, and he, he fields questions for people all the time about, okay, I'm, I'm really efficient now, but I think I'm on the wrong track. And he says, good, at least you knew it. At least the process helped you see it. Um, so, um, an efficient assistant, that's their goal to be efficient, makes the executive effective by allowing him or her to focus on the tasks that create the most value. It's that simple. There are many tasks that come with being employed or being a leader or being on committees or providing guidance, many of which do not serve your key deliverables whenever possible in, in the interest of efficiency for the admin so the executive can be effective. Those tasks should be handled by the admin. All right. So we, we know the role of the, the executive is being effective. The admin is being efficient. So let's talk about let's talk about we alluded to it earlier the the single most single biggest roadblock in terms of, of making this whole thing yeah. work. And we said it. It's it's the single biggest roadblock to an admin helping an executive be highly effective is the executive fails to delegate, and they fail to delegate lots of tasks that do not serve his or her goals of being effective, but they hold on to them anyway, and they do them because they like them. Um, look, you get paid six figures. You don't get paid to do what you like. You get paid to do what the organization needs you to do. If you're doing a bunch of stuff you like that you can't justify as having real value, you're indulging a personal preference. (laughs) 
over organizational effectiveness. And, and that goes back to that great phrase that I learned from you, Mike, don't make me come down there and do your job for you. <laughs> um, and I don't mean to be too harsh about that, but, and, and we all have our little things that we like to do. You know, there are times I like to go online and check to make sure that, you know, I've got the right seat on American Airlines, whom I love, by the way. Um, uh, but, you know, I, 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 there are times when I know, okay, my admin should do that. Um, when executives tell me how busy they are, Mike, about a third of the time, I could be off a little bit there, but about a third of the time, I find that it's just them doing all kinds of things that their admin should be doing. I know an SVP who still does his own timesheets and expense reports. And he said it's something he like, likes doing. And it connected him to his people. Yeah, look, I'm sorry, but you don't get paid to do what you like to do. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so. Now he probably got his butt chewed at some point in his career, early on in his career for not doing oh, his sure. expense report oh, right. Oh, yeah, gosh. I mean, that, that's exactly how this stuff happens. You get an emotionally significant event. <laughs> um, and, but, uh, you know, that, that's a good point, though. And, and Have you ever met – well, I'm sure you have because you've, you've worked with some very effective um, executives. I'm thinking about one particular one that you've been recently engaged with. But the, have you – I'm sure you've run into lots of executives where you've talked to their assistants and their assistants are bored as all get up. Yeah. I'm almost, I'd say almost every assistant I've known, the vast majority of them at least, are many of the times bored out of their yeah. mind. And what's kind of sad about that is that most people, most employees who have a chance of being an assistant, um, if, if they're, if they're going to be an executive's assistant, they're going to see that as even if even if they don't want a career as an admin, they're going to see that as a career enhancing move. Even if it's a technical organization and, and they have some technical skills, they may think a couple of years visibility to high level would be to high level folks would be good. Um, and then they go to the job and they discover that the person that they see at a high level, whom they when they were before when they were a couple of levels removed or in a different location, expected these executives who get paid hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars a year or even eighty thousand dollars a year, some manager. Um, you know, they expect them to be earning all of that, and then they find that they're not getting delegated to, and they're not getting used effectively. They're not not being leveraged effectively. Um, kind of disheartening. Okay, so basically, the the key learning from this is if you're in doubt about whether to have your admin do something, you should delegate it. Period. If it falls apart completely, take it back. But the default should be delegate. Let's spend a minute. We don't have time because I know surely we're already at 30 minutes or something like that. Um, let's spend a minute talking about what we're going to do in the next cast. Okay. Four areas we're going to talk about. First, managing the executive's schedule. Uh, and this is something that a lot of admins do, but there are some specific rules that we have that we want to share that executives can work with their admins to do uh, that will make it much more effective. This is a proxy for her time, for the executive's time. Um, it's critical that the admin know everything on the executive's schedule. And, of course, remember what we talked about earlier about the, the executive knowing what it is their job, what, what, what their job is. The admin should be able to look at the calendar and do the analysis to show that, in fact, the primary objective of the executive is being served. That's a key thing. The admin has to be able to do that analysis. If they don't or if they can't, it's because the executive hasn't been clear. Just that alone, Mike, using that. And we alluded to that in the time management cast, talking about having your admin do a Drucker analysis, right? Um, that's right. what we need to we'll, – we'll talk about that next cast. Yeah, this is this Next, is huge. managing the executive's office. 
This will sound kind of funny, but most executives, Mike, have entirely too much stuff in their offices. It's both inefficient and ineffective. They say, I want to be able to get my hands on it when I'm working here nights and weekends, and then I follow them around for days and weeks at a time, and they never, ever go to any of their filing cabinets, ever. And they all tell me they do, and then I show them videotapes, and they never do. Okay? And just wait until we tell you what to do about this issue, because it will make people's eyes bug out of their heads. <laughs> uh, it will be, it, it'll just, they'll laugh. They'll say, oh, no, I couldn't do that. And yet, I've done it with probably 100 executives, and when they get done, they say, this was the best darn thing I ever did. So, uh, next, managing the executive's relationships. Um, yeah, per, per your comment, no. <laughs> You don't, you don't get to not have any more relationships. The admin is going to do that for you. But because the executive and manager's time is spent relating to others, this is what some people not in management call politics, um, but it's all about building that network because organizations have become flatter and more collaborative. Relationship management, the tasks around relationship management are hugely important. Um. Uh, or, or let me put that differently. Relationship management is hugely important, but the but the task of maintaining the relationship, which are important in terms of leverage, are something that the executive should not have to worry about on a day to day basis. It's the relationship yeah. that's important, and admins play a huge role here in setting the table for an executive maintaining and developing the right relationships with the right people. And I'll give you a perfect example. The best executives I know every day are in their executive's office. The best assistants I know are in their executive's office saying, okay, here's your call list. Here are the people you need to be talking to because in six months we're going to be, we need to keep that relationship fresh because in six months we're going to be working with their department and we don't want to be going asking for it, for stuff that where we haven't maintained the relationship in the interim. Yeah. I used to have my admin come in once a week, came in and said, here are the, uh, here are the cards for the uh, folks who are having birthdays next week. You know, it's as simple as that. And and how many executives, how many managers and you have you and I talked to in airports or wherever where they're like, yeah, I know I need to do that. But then I think, oh, I got to do it. I got to address it and everything else. And then because they think that when they're an employee and they don't get in the habit of writing thank you cards and so on, then even though the admin's there to do it, they still somehow the, the lesson they learned is so powerful, they can't undo the lesson and therefore they don't use the admin to do it. And I've actually had managers say, Mark, I, I wouldn't ask her to do that. That's kind of demeaning. <laughs> it's not. It's about making you more effective. Anything he or she can do to improve efficiency so you can be more effective is a good thing. And then, then lastly, there are a whole bunch of administrivial kind of tasks that employees, managers, and leaders have to deal with that executives need only be told that they were done. <laughs> um, and, and we're going to talk about those and how to handle those um, on a regular basis. Now, in terms of these last four, uh, the key responsibilities of the admin, we went through them very fast, but we knew we were going to have a, at least a two-part and perhaps a three-part series. I don't know. We wanted to provide the framework because we asked everybody to be thinking, okay, what are your key deliverables? What, do you, you know, what will make you effective? Because as, you go, as we go into the next cast and we start giving you all the details of this, we want you to have a framework for both. Yeah, so the homework assignment is think about your what are the key tasks yeah. in terms of being And if you come effective. up with more than three, you're off base. If you have an admin, more than three means four, five, and six. Figure out how much, of the, how, how much and hopefully more than 50% of what you do can be done by the admin. Yeah, doing, doing a good part of the um, exercise we did in the time management podcast would be good preparation for, Excellent. I think, the next podcast Absolutely. we're going to do here on You'd think we kind of thought about this when we put these casts together. 
No, maybe oh, not. I thought we were just very lucky. Yeah, just we were just lucky. <laughs> very cool. All right, my friend, uh, next week we're going to get into uh, the rest of the uh, making. I mean, people are going to be blown away by the stuff. It's going to be really yes. good. I'm looking forward to it. It's, I'm looking forward to it right now. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, Mike. All right, man. See you later. Thanks for listening today. And Mark and I truly appreciate everybody's uh, continued membership here in the Manager Tools family. And we uh, absolutely hope you're getting something out of it each week. In the meantime, if you have any comments, as always, you can send them to show at manager-tools.com or feel free to join us on the website at www.manager-tools.com and you'll see a link there to the discussion forums, which we always like to encourage folks to participate in. So until next week, thanks everyone and have a great one. So long. So long.